You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. On the program after dinner, Mint, and uh, that time, uh, Ibrahim Bar joins us on his segment, uh, Travel Express. Ibrahim Bar, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brother Shabbat. Always a pleasure listening to your voice, of course. And I must thank Radio Marcus Sahaba and of course our audience out there for listening to us. Thank you so much. I like that uh, refined disposition, a man uh, that really adds value to Islamic broadcasting. My Ibrahim Vadacha, my Ibrahim Ba, our Ibrahim Ba. Now, Ibrahim Ba, you know, I mean, we can't ignore the fact that uh, there is a siege. Things are happening. I mean, a quick thought from you about what's happening in uh, Gaza, Ba. Yeah, it's 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 sad, it's tragic, but uh, the thing is there are lots of uh, different angles coming in at this. Of course, uh, some say that it was uh, Hamas that, uh, you know, planned this thing and others that are saying that nothing happens in uh, Gaza or the West Bank without uh, Mossad and the informants uh, knowing about it and, uh, you know, some are saying it's a false flag uh, that Israel just wanted to cause this thing and give them a pretext to bomb the hell out of uh, Gaza, what's left of it. And of course, if we take it one step further, you know, there was that uh, 33rd degree Freemason, Albert Pike, that said that you had to have three world wars in order to usher in the new world order. So if you're taking it that far, anything is possible in this day and age, you know, because they tried Ukraine, Ukraine has failed miserably. So now they're looking to cause something else because they know they know for a fact that if things really get ugly, as they are happening right now, uh, that the other Islamic states around there, like uh, Lebanon, Hezbollah, and all those people across the road there, uh, and of course not forgetting uh, uh, Iran, and uh, they could use that as a pretext to expand the war further and hopefully in their estimation, you know, drag everyone into a worldwide conflagration. That is my take on it, but uh, I've been uh, seeing what's going on, you know, in all the video clips and other social media, and it's very, very bad right now. I think the bombing is indiscriminate and uh, lots and lots of loss of life. And uh, I just hope uh, sanity prevails at the end of the day. The thing is, uh, it's all well and good for the Israeli uh, leader Netanyahu to say uh, they must go. Go where? Where do they have to? Where can they go? I mean, they're all locked in. They cannot move by air, land, or sea. So where are they expected to go? And uh, this is not something that was unprovoked or taken them by surprise. It's nonsense. This is something that has been ongoing for 76 long years. And for those who have been to Gaza, they would know what it is like, you know, even though there were many incursions, many attacks and uh, indiscriminate uh, bombing and missile launches and things like that. And uh, I think this is going to be, get uh, to be the worst thus far. I think there's going to be a lot more casualties, a lot more deaths, unfortunately. But uh, ultimately, bah, it's a no-win situation there. And uh, whilst one admires and respects the resilience and the courage of the people of Gaza and Palestine, the thing is, uh, you know, it is such a mismatch insofar as uh, superiority, where they've got air, land, sea superiority, weaponry support uh, superiority, and these people, what have they got? Some homemade rockets and maybe uh, small arms and things like that. 
so it is no contest. And uh, of course, knowing the uh, Israelis for the murderous people that they are, they're going to extract retribution far in excess of whatever these uh, Hamas fighters might have caused in Israel. You know, there's a retired Greek politician, and I heard him, he said... Uh, the whole West is complicit in what's happening yes. there in, yes. uh, in, 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 in Gaza. And he blames mm-hmm. the West for it. He says, you are someone that allowed this mismatch, number one. You have allowed this, uh, you know, the Zionist aggression against those people who were colonized and who were brutalized and mm-hmm. who have been, uh, you know, uh, are, are living in a one big prison, uh, Ibrahim Bar. Yes, I've and, uh, been there. I've been yeah. there and know what it's like. Gee, it's- and that's a brilliant point indeed. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, we really have to give him uh, full marks for being so uh, vociferous about that. While we look at uh, what's happening there in Ben-Gurion Airport, uh, they said uh, things were chaotic there. And I I also saw footage of people screaming at officials there. What was uh, happening there? The panic set in. Have you you been to Ben-Gurion Airport? uh, Yes, yes, yes. You know, the thing is, this was way back in 1989. Yeah. And uh, I recall that uh, this was an uh, invitation to the South African travel uh, industry, yeah, to come and visit uh, uh, Israel, so to speak. And we went, and of course, uh, it was instructive in the sense that they showed you only their side of the story, right? And uh, I did land at Ben Gurion Airport, and and uh, yeah, I went uh, all over. All of us, north to south, east to west, uh, in the in the land, and uh, that was way back then. Along, I think that's a whole plane load of uh, South African agents. They were looking for the, for us to, of course, uh, increase tourism support to Israel. But then, if one looks at it, there's Aksa there. There's also uh, the fact that uh, lots of holy places there from the Christian side of things as well, and. Uh, it was really an eye-opener to listen to the uh, talks that were given by the tour guides and things like that, that how warped their minds were. And the thing is, uh, it hasn't changed. They've become, in, if anything, they've become more rabid over the years, you know, and they hatred for everything that is not Jewish. And uh, this is where the problem is. But uh, again, unfortunately, so for the hapless Palestinians who are suffering over there, this is not going to end. Even if there's a ceasefire, it's going to carry on unless and until Nabi Isa doesn't come back and takes care of these people. It's not going to end. So uh, that's where it's at at the moment, unfortunately. Now, Bob, you know, you talk about that tourism, and uh, it seems as if uh, they have, with their propaganda machine, uh, the Zionist state of Israel has managed to capture a sizable market of the Christian church. I mean, they even have a Christian television station. The, I think that they call it the One God Station or something like that. Broadcasting right from the heartlands of uh, Israel, from Jerusalem to the mm. four corners of the globe. And these uh, Christian stations are being, uh, you know, uh, funded by uh, the government. Yeah, of Israel. Exactly. And yeah. secondly, you got, yeah, South Africans, even, uh, you know, black churches presently mm. now, now mm. praying mm. for Israel. I mean, you can see this uh, propaganda machinery, exactly. uh, machinery exactly. what it has done, Abba. And yeah, uh, perhaps, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's in your face. I mean, you can see it. And uh, don't talk about the evangelical Christian in the, uh, yes. in America. America, you know, worse. John Hagee and all the rest of those characters over there. And, and not to forget our wonderful uh, representatives in Congress, 
uh, that are real lick spittle. You know, you can't even talk to them. They are so slimy and detestable that you don't even want to take their names. Not to talk about RFK Jr. as well, throwing his hat into the ring. And uh, what's that other half with that they call, I forget. Uh, oh, man, my, it just slipped my mind now. Sarah Palin or someone, I, I can't recall who she yeah. is. Or talking all sorts of nonsense. The thing is, if the shoe were on the other foot, what would they be saying? As it is, it's just one incursion and the, the whole world is turned upside down. But every day and every everywhere you look, the Israelis have been slaughtering innocent Palestinian men, women and children. And the world doesn't bat an eyelid. But now just one thing like this happened and they're all jumping and screaming. Coming back to the subject uh, of Ben Gurion Airport. Sorry for digressing over there. Well, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they like to talk big. They like to act big because they've got uh, Uncle Sam, you know, keeping their back and giving them weapons and untold, uh, you know, fortune. Uh, and uh, they're all very butch and, you know, able to uh, push and shove around innocent Palestinians who cannot defend themselves. But when they get something on the receiving end, then they start crying and running like little women that they are, you know, cowards that they are. And this is a classic case where the entire uh, departures hall was full of them. They're all wanting to catch a flight out of there and, and get the hell out of, uh, of Dodge, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, there was one, uh, Mandy Weiner, a local journalist and author uh, who was there with her children, I think. And of course, uh, she described moments of panic when the siren, the air raid siren went off and uh, she had to rush downstairs to a bomb shelter and things like that. And missiles or whatever, rockets were exploding all around, allegedly. And uh, she finally made it home safely. And in response to the uh, safety concerns and of course the uh, the uh, conflict that's going on there currently. Yeah, they, uh, many airlines have suspended flights to Tel Aviv. Uh, airlines such as United Airlines, Delta Airlines, American Airlines, all from America, of course. Air France, Finnair, EasyJet, Cathay Pacific, Hainan Airlines, and of course, Korean Air. All of them have halted services or adjusted their, their schedules accordingly. And the situation has led to wholesale disruption in air travel, leaving many stranded or altering their plans uh, due to this uh, war that's going on there right now. And of course, uh, misinformation is king today. Everyone's saying everything. Social media is about the only vital source that you can get in real time. And uh, the suspension of flights, uh, basically, uh, under these uh, circumstances, it shows the need to reassess uh, the safety aspect before resuming regular air services because uh, those birds cost a lot of money and if they should take a hit or be grounded and not be able to get them out of there again, then you're going to lose a lot of money very quickly and not to mention the safety of your passengers and your crew as well. And uh, the situation remains fluid and uh, of course uh, we're looking at the various platforms including social media for hopefully uh, more accurate and timely information as opposed to the legacy media that is bought and paid for by the Jews, as you said, all over the world. And they'll be giving you their drivel 24-7 if you are dumb enough to accept it, that is. You know, Ba, you said uh, quite eloquently there. And also, you know, I'm just reading a small uh, snippet here. It says Israel in South Africa 
And they go on to say, we would like to thank everyone who has uh, supported us through this horrific nightmare. Oh, uh, your, uh, imagine, look at the terms. Your mm. words of solidarity uh, give us strength uh, to get through this. A special thank you to the various organizations in South Africa that have used their voices to strongly condemn this barbaric attack. Listen to this bar. By this, these include, now these are, listen to this very carefully. This is no no surprise to you and I. Democratic yeah. Alliance, oh. <laughs> ACDP, Patriotic Alliance, the mm-hmm. South African Friends of Israel, and yeah. others who continue to help us to get the messages across that over 600 Israelis have been killed so far and thousands injured. Look at the terms they use. You yeah. heard the Julius Malema, ba? No, he, I didn't. Oh, no. I'll have to send you his clip. He yeah. went. He went and said, "What is this? You know, you every day you do this to them. Uh-huh. And, uh, what are you doing, ANC? You, yes. I told you, we should not boycott their products. We shouldn't mm. be dealing with them. They shouldn't be in our country. I mean, you got people from here that are going and fighting there on their mm. behalf. How can we allow this? That was Malema. I was amazed at his, you know, his vociferousness <laughs> and his boldness." And yeah. I, think, uh, I believe Nalidi Panda was uh, refused a visa by them also. Ba. Your your comments? Yeah, well, look, for once, I think uh, Malema made a, a telling comment over there. And uh, the thing is, who wants to go to that to that land, really, with, with all the horror that they perpetrate on these innocent civilians of Palestine every day? Every day they do it for the past 76 years. And uh, the UN uh, will come out with a... Uh, you know, they uh, condemn, they won't condemn them. They say, oh, we are concerned. Let them take that concern and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. Every time that's all they do, they express concern and talk about the violence on both sides. That's all humbug. That's all nonsense, really. They know what it is, but they don't have the guts to stand up and call Israel out for the rotten egg that is. That is the trouble. Because, you know, the power of the purse they control everything. So this is where the trouble is. That is why the world stands beholden to a little miserable country like that that was stolen from the Palestinians. Absolutely, Ba, and we know that, inshallah, Haq will prevail. Oh, absolutely. Falsehood will perish uh, soon. And perhaps, yeah, uh, yeah, we're watching something. We are watching history being uh, made. Yeah, no, it's being made. And the thing is, look, it's going to get uh, a lot worse before it starts to get better. And the thing is, it's a question of time now before the, uh, you know, final days are uh, upon us. And uh, what's going to happen there is uh, highly debatable right now. It has the potential to cause the third world war very easily. I see they very quickly sending their one destroyer in there, you know, in support of, of, of Israel. As if it doesn't, it's it's nuclear power that's armed to the teeth. The fourth largest and best equipped army on earth. And yeah, what do these people have to fight against them? But yet, they cannot get rid of them. And they will never, inshallah, get rid of the Palestinian people. Their day will come. And I just hope and pray that I live to see their comeuppance one day. You know, uh, I don't know, Ibrahim Ba. Someone could call their bluff. And say, right, right, come on, let's, you know. Maybe Russia is very quiet. China is not doing anything. No, India, no one's doing anything. I mean, no India, India is oh, a loss. jumping with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. India has yeah. a loss account. But yeah. uh, these are BRIC alliances. You can see they all birds of a feather, bar. 
Yeah, look, the thing is, this is a transnational thing, this elite that, that run around really ruling the world. Forget all the puppets that they, they yeah. so-called elect or put in there. The thing is, at the end of the day, uh, they don't care about whether you are this nationality or that one or from this country or that. No, it's at the end of the day, they have their own sort of values, their own greed and everything that drives them and their own agenda that they are playing out over here. And uh, all these stooges, the so-called leaders, they are just there to do as they are told. That's the end of the day. They're just lapdogs. That's all they are. And these are warmongers and these, uh, you know, these uh, conglomerates, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, military, uh, industrial, and media uh, complex. Absolutely. Nobody else. And as soon as Islam comes in, your yeah. alcoholism is gone, your yeah. armaments industry goes, mm-hmm. uh, your, your pig industry goes, uh, yes, name exactly. it, uh, your, your gambling well, industry. No, your, the, your, the, your, main your, thing, the main the, thing that makes everything tick is the usury will be gone. Allah Akbar. Yeah. Yeah. There will be no more war. And you know, exactly. You know what you have done here, Ba? Mm. That is a, that's not a TKO, that's a real, you know what, a sucker punch. You mm. knock the whole thing into perspective. The, uh, we are caught up with this uh, usury system. The mm. money that we have in our pocket, pocket is paper money, it's fiat money, it's false money. It's money that Allah has cursed. But we are still part of the system. We are imbibing things, we are buying things with that same mm. money. Exactly. Ask exactly. yourself the question, is it halal or haram? And we've mm. been said, if we eat from uh, sources that are yeah. dubious, no matter how much of dua we make, it will never be accepted. be accepted. Exactly. Wow, Ba, you mm-hmm. got me, uh, hey, you got uh, quite a few people on the floor. <laughs> okay, people, something to think about. That's, that, I, that's the head of the snake, the financial system, the based wow. on usually. You know, where they where they can create uh, money out of thin air, and the goal of it all is to charge you interest on top of things that they created out of nothing. So anyway, that's where we're at, Ba. No, no, I'll tell you that America is in debt for yeah, trillions. No, no. Finished. Talk to me, yeah. trillion dollar or trillions and trillions of dollars. But now they still can send uh, money. They can mm. still send armaments. Mm. Yeah. Yes. How do you work this equation? You, you know, we are sinning against our intelligence by yeah. listening to these uh, psychopaths, ba? Yeah, that's what they are. That's what they are. Ah, we don't want to go into that. Just now, we'll end up. Yeah, in a we'll madhouse. save that for another day. Yeah, no, we'll we may end up in a madhouse thinking about it. But uh, uh, let's. Uh, Let's uh, let's get into South African tourism, uh, Ba. Now mm. they want uh, informal or informal traders need support, not more red tape. Talk to me about this. Uh, the informal traders, who are yeah, they? Yeah, the informal traders. It's quite a significant part of the economy per se, and of course, South Africa being celebrated for its wildlife and cultural offerings. It has, uh, in the recent past, grappled with a substantial decline in tourism due, of course, to the uh, recent COVID-19 pandemic, another one of their schemes, of course. And uh, the numbers which stood at over 10 million tourists in 2019 fell to a dismal 3 million in 2021. And it impacted very negatively on the sector, uh, contributing 3.7% to the country's GDP. And of course, uh, the hardest hit amongst these uh, tourism industry people are the informal traders that are indeed an integral part of the tourism ecosystem. And this was a two-year study uh, done in Cape Town, uh, just to shed some light on the challenges faced by 
the thousands of informal traders that are so reliant on tourism for their livelihoods. And I think uh, 95%, a fair 95% of their business informal trade, uh, you know, is uh, reliant on the tourism sector. And the fact that, uh, you know, there was a, a dearth of uh, foreign nationals coming in uh, just after COVID, that has improved somewhat recently. But uh, it hasn't rebounded to the pre-pandemic levels. And of course, weekly sales from these uh, outlets, wherever they are on the street sides and things like that, they've, they've dropped significantly. And uh, of course, uh, the study underscores the need for interventions uh, by government to revitalize uh, our tourism sector and uh, emphasizing sustainability. There's that wonderful word again over a return to pre-pandemic status quo. And of course, there were many recommendations such as access to resources and training, supportive policies for in informal traders, avenues for market access and online presence and partnership with established businesses and uh, providing a safe and affordable overnight storage for merchandise, maintaining law and order and of course, trying to rebuild South Africa's tattered reputation. Those are also uh, crucial. And uh, of course, these uh, people who, the researchers who did this uh, study, they advocated for a bottom-up approach instead of a top-down because you know that never never works. And uh, of course, uh, one empathizes uh, with the uh, informal uh, sector, but uh, it seems like uh, on top of all they've got to deal with, they've got a whole lot of unnecessary red tape. And this is where they're saying if they're going to do anything about it, the government, then they need to look at it, revisit it, and uh, sort of uh, get rid of all the impediments that are in the way of these uh, traders so much so that they can get back to on their feet and earn a reasonable living. And uh, that's what it is basically about. They, uh, they need to revitalize South Africa's tourism sector. And that, of course, is the surefire way to get more people into the country, get them to spend more, and, of course, uplift that informal community that is so reliant on foreign tourism. But uh, having said that, I think uh, having been in Cape Town last week, uh, the industry is booming. Yeah, uh, of course, uh, if you take a flight out of Cape Town Airport, uh, it's very, very busy, hardly a place to walk. And then when you hit the deck here in Durban, it's like a totally desert, there's hardly anything happening. And I know there's talk that uh, government intervention in KZN's tourism industry is on the cards, but uh, if and when and what they do about it remains to be seen. But, but, you know, uh, we speak about, I mean, a man like yourself, look at the uh, uh, know-how, you have the knowledge. I mean, imagine if you ran cases in tourism for, uh, you know, just for, uh, for a year. What a turnaround you'll bring about there. But uh, it's, it's this B-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
And uh, those that have looted and stolen and everything, well, they're living the high life. And uh, if, uh, the others have just got to face the music and dance, like they say. That's all it is. Now, but I don't know if the figures are true, but I'm going to pass it through with you and see what you have to say. National mm. Parks Week, a success with, uh, you know, the South African National Parks recording over, listen to the figures, 94,000 visitors. Uh, you know, each day. Is that true? 94,000? Well, I guess if you took it uh, on a national basis, there are quite a few parks in the country, I must say. Mm. And uh, if that's the figures they quoted, quoting, that would be a national figure across all, uh, whether it's a little uh, privately owned game reserve or the big one like uh, Kruger National and this is South African National Parks and uh, I doubt very much that they will be smoking something and making up figures and things like that. Whilst it, uh, it's not unheard of, the thing is it, it, it sounds realistic. Uh, and these are just day visitors, mind you. They'll come in and go for a couple of hours and be gone again. So, uh, yeah, that's the story. And, uh, of course, if we're talking about that, uh, they had a recent uh, SA National Parks Week that was between uh, 16th and 25th of uh, September. That's when they quoted the, those figures. And I think there would have been uh, special uh, concessions and things that would have led to more uh, foot traffic through the different parks. And of course, the uh, good news is that uh, it surpassed the previous year's count of 72,166 visitors. And uh, basically, they had run the theme, Know Your National Parks, and uh, it allowed South Africans to enjoy a day at the National Park of their choice. There you go. Here's a clangor, free of charge. So that's why everyone was dying there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anything for free, you will get the people coming. Okay, and the the initiative was aimed at fostering a sense of pride among South Africans in their connection to the country's natural, cultural, and, of course, historical heritage. And uh, this was made uh, possible. I mean, it was total energies, total, I should say, being the Frenchies that they are, uh, Total Energies Marketing uh, of South Africa and First National Bank. And uh, they are very proud of the fact that there was a 30% increase in visitors and blah, blah, blah. So it carries on. And uh, of course, I think they uh, just wanted to uh, uh, reinforce the uh, support that they received from the uh, private sector and things like that to make all this thing a success. But uh, look, no doubt, we are renowned for our national parks and things which are very, very high quality and amongst top, uh, you know, parks you can find anywhere on earth. I mean, majority of which are in Africa for that matter. So uh, this is a success story that uh, national parks are talking about the week that was. And uh, they're looking uh, to uh, spread this even further going forward, Bob. Well, you know, I want to know the difference. You talk about parks, national parks, mm. and the game reserves. What's mm. the difference, Ba? Nothing. It's just, I think, let's say national parks, which they call sand parks, of course. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's all-encompassing. It's like a, a, a body, an umbrella body that covers all these things. So all the Kruger and everyone else will fall under their, uh, you know, umbrella, so to speak. Thank you for clarifying that. And so, 
how many uh, of these parks are privately owned? And these guys that own, uh, you know, privately owned parks, it's an arm and a leg because every day you're feeding all those animals that are in your park. So yeah, only, but uh, it's, no, you no, their own thing, Baba. But but the thing is, at the end of the day, it doesn't say whether the private parks are involved, and I doubt very much because mm-hmm. uh, the private parks are exactly what they call them, private. Yeah, and they are really top notch, and uh, the ones that fall under the control of sand parks, of course, those would be the ones that would have been accessible free of charge. Yes. And uh, the others, of course, uh, would be off limits. And if you wanted to go there, then you had to book and stay and pay and whatnot else. Uh, that's the way I see it. Mm, they have their own airports. They have yeah, their yeah, own... everything, everything. Yeah, it's like uh, is it like more like the Panama Papers bar? <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and I, look at me. Okay, people, just leave us alone because Ba and I get into the nitty gritty of things. Ba, look at that time, Ba. Look at that time there. I don't know. I, I haven't been looking at the time. I've been look, so engrossed. It's, it's, it's just unreal. When you and I get on our chat mode, we've got a minute and 20 seconds to go. Oh, so I want Maybe. you to round up and perhaps give us uh, your parting words uh, this evening. Well, look, uh, firstly, and more importantly, I think every one of us should be making dua for those in Palestine, you know, and uh, just pray that Allah in his infinite mercy, you know, has a plan for them and uh, that our so-called Muslim brothers in other more affluent and well-armed and supplied countries will look at the plight of these poor Palestinians and come to their aid sooner rather than later. Now, to round off, this is what I'm going to leave you with, Pa. It is said that uh, everyone comes into your life for a reason. Some for good, others for bad. They may shape us or break us, but in the end, they make us who we are. You know, you can say that again. I mean, uh, you and I in our tapestry of life, so Uh, many people came. I mean, some of them were giants in in, in, mm. in Debbie, like Advocate Bawa, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, Ahmadi, that your father, mm. Makti mm. Publications. Uh, you know, you name them, all these uh, people around us. And as we are growing and, you know, we, we, we really looked at them, the Bhai Padras, yeah, Remula exactly. and all that. Yeah, yeah. And they, 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 they really added to, uh, gave us value in our life. I and, agree. you know, I'm looking around me and I'm looking <laughs> at the lighties of today. They're not like you and I, Bach. We no. went and stood by these giants and we listened to them. And yeah. at times we, you know, we took all the good from them. And they sometimes put their hands on our head. Yeah. You're, you're learning. You're learning. Mm. And these are the words they used to use. You're learning. Okay. Yeah. I want you. I, I, you know, I remember Didat's words when I was, uh, you know, the editor of the Al-Burhan. Mm. And he looked at me. He said, come here better. I want to tell you something. I said, yes, Sheikh. Uh, he said, I want you to become a personality. And I looked at him. I said, no, but you are the personality. He said, I want you to become. And I didn't know what he meant by that. But he starts sending me to the Technicon, then to the university, then this and that. You can see the hikmah of the wise old men. Oh, absolutely. There's uh, no do, doubt about it. Do we no. do that today, Ba? Uh, do we have Well, wise- look, uh, I, I think for my own self, I can say yes, I do, in, insofar as mentoring and uh, sort of uh, giving advice. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's taken or not is, is another matter altogether. But... Uh, if you have spent something like 70 years on this earth and you are not in a position to give good advice to young <laughs> who are maybe in their teens or something or even younger, 
then really of what use or what value are you going to add a, uh, to the children that are forthcoming? Because they are going to be tomorrow's leaders. I mean, we'll be dead and gone. Everyone will forget about us after 50 odd years or so. They'll forget us. But uh, what what are you leaving behind? Because if Allah's giving you talent, whether it's knowledge, whether it's expertise or skills or whatever, if you cannot pass that on to the generations that are coming, then uh, it would have been a waste of your life really, and the talents that Allah was giving you. Well, you know what? Something in common. I get them every time these youngsters coming to me and asking me, mm. and I, I motivate them, and you motivate them. Allah yeah. bless you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, keep up the great work. We'll talk to you soon. You have a blessed, blessed evening ahead. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Take care but, of them. Our Ibrahim Vadakya there really adding value to this evening's uh, program. Uh, thank you, Lukolo, for great tech. And uh, keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming. From the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.